Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of GORCOM, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. With us back again and again, and we love having them. Bernard Turion, Chairman and CEO of HPQ Silicon, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol HPQ. We know a lot of people watching are shareholders that know the story, but we keep adding on new people uh, because of the attention that uh, HPQ is garnering in the market. So a quick rundown for everyone that's new. HPQ is essentially a Canadian producer of innovative silicon solutions. Uh, what they're doing is they're building a portfolio of unique, high-value specialty silicon products that are needed for the upcoming renewable energy revolution uh, and they're doing that with two world-renowned technology partners, which is why they've been able to advance the way they've been able to advance over the last couple of years. Now, more than just lip service, HPQ has received their first order for one of their, just one of their products, that's spherical nano silicon materials. That's from a major automobile manufacturer. We don't know the name, that's under confidentiality, but it's one of the global auto manufacturers. They also have an NDAs with at least two players in the battery space and in the renewable energy space, uh, at least two. And Bernard has hinted at more uh, potentially out there that he can't even mention. Today's press release that we're talking about, HPQ Nano on track to start uh, Gen 1 reactor in December. Bernard, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you. Happy to be back. Hey, so this seemed like a really innocuous press release. When I first saw the headlines like HPQ Nano on track, to start the reactor in December. First of all, great, because mm -hmm. everybody in the market, all your shareholders have been waiting for that and they want to make sure it's on track. So that's great news. Mm -hmm. So I just figured, all right, they're letting us know it's on track. But there's a lot to unpack in here. There's a lot to unpack the headlines. What? So, so let's unpack some of that. The, the first thing is, let's talk about how you're on track for December, how you, how you completed your process, mechanical engineering design, in designs, uh, everything going smooth. Uh, and and what are the next milestones before you get to the uh, start of the reactor in December? Well, we basically said it. Uh, the next step is fabrication, basically assembling the equipment, getting it ready so we can commission it in December and start producing sampling. Um, you know, like it, like any of those type of project, you know, the engineers might come up with a brilliant idea in the middle of it, which might, you know make us do different design. But right now we're on target, we're on track, we're gonna start doing it. Uh, people have to remember that this is a known process for, for us. It's just, and, and making powders for, for pyro is something that they have a lot of experience for. So it's really amalgamating all that expertise, all that, all that knowledge with regard to the market niche that we're looking to do with our product. So that's, that's really what it is. So. I feel very confident by December, you know, we'll be starting producing material. We'll start to have material, we'll deliver on, on our order. Um, and and it looks very, very exciting for us. All right, and I'm glad you said that because that was the next question I was gonna ask you. You have this order, uh, you know, the formal purchase order. Mm -hmm. uh, are you on track to fulfill that formal purchase order with the global auto manufacturer uh, in December? Yes. And what do you, are you, do you have any reason to, any further reason for further expectations for other potential orders or sample requests that um, you're going to be generating in December? To be totally, to be totally honest, that's not my biggest priority. I can't wait to have the materials. There's a lot of question mark I want to answer with regard to whatever.
material couldn't do. As we said in the press release, and, and, you know, there was a bit boo-boo yesterday, <laughs> which is sort of funny, uh, because, you know, the size range of what we can do is really the key point, you know, from right. about below 200 nanometers up to five micron. That is a sweet spot that we've sort of like, you know, we're going to be hitting it in Strive. There's multiple markets behind, behind us and everything else. So um, I can't wait for us to start having, you know, real hard data and numbers and, and official numbers. And then that's going to open really the floodgates. You know, it's like anything else. You know, some some companies wait until it's done before they come in. Some 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 are willing to be more uh, more in leadership position because they they know they already need the material. Um, so that's that's really where it is. I'm not worried about us doing the material. I just can't wait for us to be able to say, okay, this is you know we sort of advertise the scope of what we can do, which you know puts us in a unique position. Uh, and from then on. It's a question of getting the story more known, being more active, being more talking about. It's like anything else. Um, I always believe that the closer we get to sample is the time when you start talking about your story, not before. But so there, it's it's fair to say that you're on the radar. Obviously, HPQ is on the radar of a lot of people in the industry because you received a, firm, a formal purchase order from a major auto manufacturer. So we have to assume if they knew about you, a lot of people knew about you, but is it fair? I guess what you're trying to say there, Bernard, is you still have a lot of people saying, okay, great, but let us know when you have the material in hand and you're actually ready to, and, you, and you've got it. Yes, that's fundamentally, that's fundamentally what I'm okay. saying. You also went on to say, so unpacking this further, because there's just so much to unpack, I found your, your, your quote in string. While we're very excited by HPQ nanomaterial blue sky potential in the silicon battery space. Mm -hmm. We are also thrilled by our material potential and other high value markets. Mm -hmm. What are those markets? Well, they're all specialty markets that are sort of like, they only represent 3% of the entire silicone metal market. Okay. But if you look at it for a company like HPQ, if you look at the selling price they are, if you're looking at it for the constraint of those material, well, lo and behold, um, they're exactly like they're in the spec of what the battery guys want, but it's too expensive to make. So it sells for a nice price, but it's a big market. And those are markets that already exist. So this is something else we, we've discovered. Um, and it completely changed the way we're thinking. Okay. If, if you look at this in a realistic perspective, okay. If I send material to battery manufacturers, they're going to go through their testing. They're going to go through their process. It's going to take lead time to get that done. I don't know how long the lead time, but it could be from a few months to maybe a year per, per different manufacturers. So you're going to start early. But what we've discovered is there is a market. There's an already addressable market for our product, okay? And which the selling price of that, of that material is in the range of what we were looking anyway to sell our battery material, okay? Um, so is that, is that the competitive advantage that market's already there? It's only 3% of the total, but it's there. You've got the, in your, so are you trying to say in, in your opinion, you've got the quality, the size, if you can provide the better price, you have a real strong opportunity to capture a decent amount of that 3%, you can 3% market. Yes. Well, let's look at it in a different perspective. Okay. You understand if I was a mining project, okay, I would have my mine and then I would have my life of mine that would dictate my, my output of material. Okay. That may not match with the markets out there. That's not our situation. Right. 
we're really fine tuning everything else. So our scaling up has been pretty public. Our scaling up idea is going by something like 200 to 2,500 metric ton per year per system. Okay. So what we need to find a way is if we decide to scale it up to have a market that can take immediately to 2,500 tons, I have absolutely no doubt, that's why I call it blue sky, in the future, the demands for the battery space is gonna be through the roof. But is that gonna be in 2021, 22, 23, 24, 25? That plays on how you start you know, balancing out everything else. But if I have an immediately addressable market where I can go get off-take agreement or sales for my product because I qualified and I just have to go on the price. And that price is good enough for me to make a significant, to make the profits that I was looking to do anyway in the battery space. I reduce the risk. That's what I'm saying. That's, it's more of a question of reducing the risk. Peter has often mentioned that, you know, it's better to have multiple, basically if you have a, uh, um, one leg on, on, on a chair, it's unstable. If you have multiple, it's much more stable. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so we have those markets that already exist. They're in the excess of 100,000 ton. So our 2.5 thousand metric ton per year is not a big part of the market. Right. I maybe not even need to compete over market. I might just have have the local advantage over this. Okay. The North American where we are might be closer. People might prefer to, to buy from us on all those type of issues. At the same time, we'll be working with battery manufacturers to make exactly the product they want. And eventually, well, time, we'll probably have like one plant to do one product, one, one system to do one product, one system to do other product. But what we have to start thinking at HPQ is how are we going to meet that demand of the market? Okay. It's always how you manage your growth has been the biggest, is the biggest risk as opposed to is there, how do you manage every step? So we have to start thinking a few steps ahead. And that's part of that process. That's a big market for us to address. If the selling price is We'll be making money at those selling price. No worries about it. And it's already addressable. So it changes completely the dynamic, how we're moving forward. So we've done a lot of steps. We've eliminated the need for the big mine, which is big capital intensive. And we're now we're working on having different product, different markets to go after with the same fundamental system. That's why it's so great about the scope of what we can do from a few nanometers, you know, to less than 200 nanometers, all the way to five uh, microns. That is... That's where the future of the of the powder market is, okay, for, for batteries and everything else. And that's where it's the most difficult segment to fill. So you have segment that demand three to four N of that purity material. That's what they demand. Well, our pure vac can do that. So we control. We're in a very good position for an expanding market. So what's nice is we have blue skies, battery. We can get everybody excited about it. But we yeah, have... already got a global auto manufacturer who's exactly. excited about it. But... As a company, what we have is multiple revenue streams that we can look at how we decide to market this. So that's why I find really exciting about this. It's it's becoming, uh, it's becoming as I said, all the pieces of puzzle are falling together. Okay, if you look at plasma atomization at Pyro, when they invented the product, there was no market. Now there's a massive market for it. In our case, there's already a market for what we're doing, and it's very difficult for them to do. And my competitors are using material that comes out of the solar industries downgrading. So they're always going to be more expensive, more difficult. I'm building tailor-made systems. How soon, how soon do you think you could start addressing those markets, Bernard? Um, basically, with, once we have our second generation system, I can start to address in a sense, get, getting ideas and everything else. And, and this is all going to play around on our scaling up plans. Okay. So 
you know, by the middle, you know, probably with a 30 gram, uh, 30 kilogram, we're going to be producing with the first system. Maybe I can start getting some interest, but it's going to be much more moving forward. So you, all talk, you talked about hydrogen specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You say here, HPQ Nano will also be uniquely positioned to offer the hydrogen sector access to a low cost nano silicon powder alternative. Mm -hmm. um, you touched on hydrogen in the past. Mm -hmm. You're talking about it uh, again uh, here today. So let's elaborate on that a little bit. Is that is the hydrogen is that hydrogen market uh, again a market that you can start to get to earlier? Yes, but that's another market like the batteries, another blue sky market. Okay, hydrogen is becoming much more part of the equation with regard to um, energy storage, energy sufficient, uh, clean energy. So it's getting to be uh, much more part of the equation. It's coming back into interest. A lot of people is throwing interest. And the what Apollon has is a massive expertise, okay, in using silicone nanopowders to generate hydrogen, okay? So we're gonna be basically using that, that their advantage, their system to start entering that market. And as we demonstrate, that one, like that example is gonna be funny. That one's gonna be quicker than get battery uh, people to, to validate our material. I send material to Apollon, they test it, they'll tell me immediately, this is the conversion rate we're getting with the material. And they already have orders for different type of material. Then we start delivering our own powders and, and we're moving faster. So it's, it's going to be much faster because it's not the same thing as in a battery, which they have to do multiple cycle tests. In this one, they just test how many how much hydrogen we can extract massive uh, volume. And then we know what the material is good. So that's going to be faster. Okay, Then there's going to be more and more people interested in doing this. We know that one application for the hydrogen that you've talked about publicly is military specifically the french military and that mm -hmm. is a relationship through through uh through apollon mm -hmm. are what other applications are there because i can't i can't uh relate to them yet what other hydrogen applications are there out there that would prefer silicon powder over uh i don't know a fuel cell first of all okay every system hydrogen system that uses a fuel cell okay? right uses hydrogen. You can either have your hydrogen in two forms, gases form in a tank, okay? Or contained within the powder that we basically get it to react with the water coming in. So I think this is where we have advantage. Right now we're gonna be looking more at the, the smaller uh, portable energy generation system, you know, for, for, for uh, that's gonna be one market that's gonna start growing. And then we'll be building, looking at building bigger, bigger and bigger system. Okay. It's just, it's, it's going to be one of those things that are going to keep moving forward, but at, at the base of it, it's like the printers. Okay. The first generation of printer, if you're making the ink, you're, you're the one making the money. It's not selling the printer. That's the money. It's the ink. Well, we're making, we're going to be making the ink to generate the hydrogen to replace the big tanks that are there. There are many systems that are using tanks and everything else. So there's, there's many of those applications and I'll, we'll start demonstrating more, doing more marketing on it, talking more about it. So the key takeaway is that although battery is a great blue sky potential, we have other, we, I think hydrogen is going to be as big, if not bigger than battery. And we have all the, uh, these other niche market, which will help us 
finance internally, develop our company, move forward, generate revenue on, on a cycle. Not immediately, but moving forward. Devil's advocate. Yes. Um, is, is there a risk here? Because I, I always want to make sure we have a, you know, a really good thorough discussion. Is there a risk here that potentially you're looking at too many markets and too many products? Oh. Uh, and, and, and knowing that you have to look at some diversification, for sure, mm -hmm. and it's great that you're doing that. Any chance that you're looking at too many, maybe, uh, and, and that could, uh, you know, that could present a growth issue to to the company by by looking at too many markets. Nope, because we're offering one product that has multiple applications. You have to remember, the product we're offering is, is nanopowders between that range that, we're, that we've talked about. That's our product. So that product has multiple applications where the risk is, okay, and what killed a lot of mining companies is that they develop a project for one application, okay? So what happens if that application go? What happens if the price of that application? Take an example in the mask of lithium. Everything was great, but the price of lithium, the price of lithium went down because it was too much offered into it. Then a project wasn't economical. So if you have multiple venues that are willing to buy your product, then you've basically eliminate your risk. You're not depending on one uh, on one market to make the, the business case for what you're doing. But you have to remember the product that we're doing is one product. It's it's spherical nano silicone powders. Okay, nano wires also. Fundamentally, between the price range. So what are our advantage? The purity of the material we can do in one step that we beat everybody else down. Okay. The second one is making cheaply that material. So if I look at all my competitors, okay, I feel very comfortable about where we are. I feel very comfortable that we can present to the end user a solution that they're looking for. So I feel very comfortable. So at the end, we're not, we're not chasing too many things. We're just noticing many markets that need our product. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you clarified that. I'm mm -hmm. glad you clarified that. It says, it's the same product, multiply, which is kind of what pyrogenesis has been the basis of pyrogenesis success, right? Mm -hmm. uh, their plasma torch technology is the core with multiple applications. Uh, and, I, and, and I always thought that was a brilliant plan. And, and uh, if you're going down the same path, it sounds like that. I think that's, uh, I think that's really smart. But I want to ask you that because mm -hmm. I'm sure some people might have been thinking at home too. You know, the old saying, you chase too many rabbits, you don't get any. Uh, at the end of the day. So I'm glad that you, uh, that you really clarified that last part is, and you've kind of touched on it, but you, it, it was a heading in the press release, which is um, the pure VAP uh, low cost spherical silicon is mm -hmm. a game changing leap. How's that different from what you've said before? Cause we know that I think we I think everyone who's been following HPQ for the last two, three years has known that the, uh, the, the, the cost, advantage is a significant advantage uh but you're stating uh, you're stating it again here so is this just a repeat where you're just making sure the market knows that or is there even more to this cost advantage than than before well actually it's, it's too far you know you have to repeat to, to, to get people to, to remember what's the advantage sure. but what also happens is that our understanding of the, the other market okay because Remember, even some people were telling me about it. They wanted me to focus on the QRR, which attacks the 2 million, you know, the big market, the 93% of the market for silicone metal. And we've decided more to go more specialty material, the 3% of the market. Uh, 
But what we're realizing is that 3% of the market is already big financially, fits perfectly in our development, and the product we have fits in that area. So this is what we're saying to ourselves. We're perfectly positioned. And I strongly believe it's it, this is a market where once there is a product, our type of product available, there'll be more and more application that are going to come into it, more and more people coming to it. Like I, I get requests for, for materials for different type of uh, um, alliage, as we say in French, you know, mixed material and those type of things. So it's going to become very, very interesting. It's going to become uh, very demanding. Demanding in the sense that the demand is going to be strong, <laughs> not demanding difficult for us. Sorry about this. <laughs> um, so that that's that's really what it is. I, I just wanted the market to 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 remember what we are. There's a lot of new people looking at us, okay, uh, and maybe they don't want to do the effort to go read back everything else. So I have to I, I have to remind them. And the more we study about this, the more we know about what our competitors are trying to do, how the process they're doing, and how. Really, ours is game changing. Them is taking an old technology was fundamentally the ones for solar, uh, which never really was able to to generate a lot of money. Generated money, lost money because of, of, of the cost structure of everything else. And they're now trying to, they're now fundamentally trying to use these infrastructure that they have to try to generate enough money to save them, as opposed to make, making a product that the market's really going to want to have at a price that the market's looking to do. And that's the way we've we've looked at it. We've built it from the ground up, going up, moving forward, seeing where the market is, seeing where the opportunity is, and understanding what we have as an advantage. So, what is the? Here we are, November the sixth. Mm-hmm. What does the path look like into December for having the 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 reactor ready to go? Well, I'm sort of like going to let the engineers at Pyro do the work. I, I don't think, you know, I think that eliminates the risk. I think people understand that, you know, these guys know what they're doing. If you, if you go back on the quotes from Peter, previous press release, uh, he feels very confident his technical team's going to do. We feel confidence also. So that's one issue that's going to be there. I think what's going to be more in, uh, working more as a company is sort of organizing more of marketing. So we get to be more and more and more known. Um, you know, we were sort of a darling of, of the TSX venture because we were sort of like the, the, uh, the half son of Pyro, you know, that, that, that was one thing, but I think in, in, in end of 2020, in 2021, we we're going to be standing on our own feet with our yep. own results, uh, with our own potential, which is massive. Well, congratulations, Bernard, on, uh, another milestone. The good thing is it sounds like none of these milestones up until now have presented you with too much of a challenge. It seems like they've been pretty smooth and it sounds like the remaining milestones are, yeah, they need to get done, but it doesn't sound like you're too worried about any, any hurdles going into the reactor launching in December. No, no, we feel very comfortable. All right. Thanks for joining us, Bernard. You know, I can't wait to have you back uh, when I guess, either the reactors live in December, or I got a feeling with the way you keep putting out news that it's still early November and we'll have you back. I don't know anything, but I'm hoping we're gonna have you back before December. Thanks, George. And I can't wait to come back with with more news, which will eventually happen. Very comfortable about that. You've been watching or you've been listening via your favorite podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, Bernard Turion, CEO of HPQ Silicon. The company trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol HPQ. Uh, for those of you who are new to the company and want to get more information, get to the HPQ Hub on Agoracom. 
uh, get to the profile section uh, where we neatly lay out, you know, because there's a lot to really consume here with respect to what HBQ is doing, but it's it's worth your time. And watch the previous interviews that we've done uh, with Bernard, especially the ones in 2020. It's worth it. And if you don't have the time to watch it, uh, even for everyone who's a shareholder, if you don't always have time to watch, you can always listen. You can always either just hit play on YouTube and walk, drive, and listen, or you can tune in via podcast. But make sure for everyone that's new to the story, you get a chance, you give yourself the opportunity to watch or listen uh, to the interviews we've done with Bernard, because that's really the most powerful information. And then take advantage of the verified forum on Agoracom, the HPQ verified forum on Agoracom, because you're going to have questions. I still have questions uh, because this is high tech. This is real specialty stuff here. So take advantage, get onto the HPQ hub, uh, ask your questions, and you'll get your answers from Bernard uh, in due time. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic weekend. See you next time.